0: Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30, Action Sports Jacks. Austin Lane. He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anna and Levine studio. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
1: I've been doing this for 20 years, one of the best email exchanges ever passing through the entire newsroom down in TV land just a short time ago. Where there was an offer, uh, like someone dropped off um, a local hair salon or something, uh, like a haircut coupon, or okay, and so uh, Miss Janice, who's who's fantastic at uh, the uh, uh, front of the desk for TV, mm-hmm. passed out an email and said, "Hey, just to let you know we got some coupons. First come, first serve. Whatever." Uh, they dropped them Sh- off. Shots fired at you right away. I well, no, I jumped in first. <laughs> paging George Washington. Yeah. <laughs> it might be time. Yeah, yeah. Was and, the shot heard around the newsroom. And, and, and it's been great just to see the back and forth and oh, exchanges okay. through everything. Yeah, you know, it's the news business is a serious business. Mm. It's been a tough go for the news folks. Yeah. I mean, they have been, they have not had a break. Mm-hmm. Not to say you ever get a break with the news cycle, but, you know, once you get a hurricane, it's, it's a lot. You know, you get something big like the remember when the plane landed on, on St. John's River Of course yeah uh, was that 2 years ago or last year uh, uh, I think it was last year right A year and a half we'll, we'll
0: we'll go in the middle there a yeah. year and a half
1: but there are much like like in a different kind of way much like sports like when football season hits it's busier than it is like in june and july or you know whatever time players week or something
2: mm-hmm. that's the thing man seasons end and events end yeah news and, doesn't uh no nah, news doesn't stop and, and this year 2020 has been going on for at least
1: 18 months now that's my <laughs> point they have really been i mean if it's it's like you can't catch your breath yeah. if you're in that side of it you know and and uh so it, it was kind of fun to have a little light moment with that. They probably could use it going course, back and forth man, and everybody sure was kind of having fun. So, uh, that was kind of cool. That's cool. Don't really see that very often. Everything else usually serious complaining or somebody mad about something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> like
2: your business too. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. And listen, <laughs> we've talked about it, man. We've talked about the start of the NFL season. Is it going to start on time with the dealings right now of this hair bet going on? When do we see an end, Brett? I mean, are we talking well into the fall, no. or are we talk Okay, so it's gonna be before that. We're working
1: think. on an end. Okay. Uh, the, we're just trying to figure out what we can do. Mm. Like, we have some things floating around. I'd like to do the show, like our Sunday night show yeah. from uh, a, from a barbershop. shop. Yeah, sure. You know, and as we're getting haircut, and yeah. just kind of call a truce, and I'd like to. Tie some charity stuff into it if we can. Of course. So now I've got my brains working, and therefore the haircut's delaying. I got you. So I don't know. Uh, we're trying to figure some stuff out in the 11th hour, but I think we'll have some fun with it. Maybe some of the listeners and viewers can jump on board, and if we do it for a good cause, I think that would be kind of a, a fun thing, even if it's $100. Bucks, yeah. uh, at least we had some fun with
2: it. So since the end is more than likely on the horizon, here, can I just make one suggestion to sure. you? Sure. Cut the sides first and just see what see what it looks like with the sides cut a little bit and the top long. And let's go from there. Not a bad idea. I'm just saying I don't know if, if you wanna if you want to relate to the newer viewers and everything and adapt to today's style, that style
1: right now is in Brent. I don't know what will be the parameters. Sure. You know? I don't sure. know if it's just hey, I gotta trim the sideburns. Yeah. Just gotta get a trim? <laughs> Or do I have to go back to original haircut? Yeah. Mullet, mullet, that's what mullet. Well, and listen, and that's what we're going for here, Scott.
2: I didn't want to put it to him like that and scare him off. But that's kind of what I'm suggesting right now. Yeah. Uh. Well. We'll but see. A, but a cool I'm mullet. Not doing you know. You know. I'm, what I'm saying. Doing. I'm saying like a Florida Georgia line kind of mullet. I assume they have one.
1: Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> I <feel like laughs> think country music. I think everyone country music. Scott. The one. stereotypes you can make. <laughs> what do you? What do you mean, you? <laughs> Brent Martin, Austin Lane, who's on vacation still? Scott is here. Hello, Scott, on a Wednesday. Aloha, gentlemen. How are you this afternoon? Ah, we're doing fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I am locked in. I'm not kidding. This is not fabricated. I am locked in to the Fulham Football Club well, and th- seeing what they're doing. One thing, real you quick. Going back to the haircut. Don't make fun of me for
2: Florida Georgia Line when one guy on that band has it. Okay, that's exactly Is that what I'm talking t- about. That's a mullet. He's got this side short, and it goes along in the back. That's a mullet. I, I kind of thought the mullet had to come back down long in the back. I think it does come long. Look at it. It goes, it goes back a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I make stereotypes. <laughs> you know why? Because they're true. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't
0: know
1: yeah. that. Well, hey, but I was right. No <laughs> yeah, said. You it may be right. No said. I was right. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, I'm kind of fired up for fooling. He's like
0: Trump. He was right eventually.
1: Oh. <laughs> Try to, to avoid those topics here. <laughs> We try to avoid that stuff here, Scott. I'm sorry, that's some down-the-hall humor. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's down the hall. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the Fulham mm-hmm. is, you know, they're trying to get promotion into the English Premier League. Yeah. And they are right there, man. They're in, like, fourth place. They could tie for fourth place. And this is it. They have to win today. They're playing right now at 0-0. Uh, West Brom, this is according to Weber, by the way. Uh, West Brom has to lose today. Brentford has to draw or lose. I love that there's a a football club named after me. Um, And all that happens and they get promotion. If not, they'll be in a four-for-one playoff, which they did a couple years ago. See, they got relegated, then promoted, then relegated again, and now they're on the verge of being uh, promoted again, potentially. Uh, I asked Weber because Weber knows this. He's like, "What's the chance?" I said, "What's the chance of it happening?" He put it at fifteen to twenty five percent. He said the last thing happening is the hardest. He thinks Fulham was will win, but he thinks Brentford to draw or, lo- or lose will be the toughest one. So we'll see what happens. But my point being is, like, listen, I'm not a huge soccer fan. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention all the time, but with all this on the line, I'm like, this is the first thing we've had like that actually has some kind of tie. Shad Khan owns Fulham, yeah, and Tony Khan helps run Fulham. And this is like the first thing of, of significance that there's something on the line Mm -hmm. in team sports Mm -hmm. since like the Super Bowl. In team sports, uh.
2: Yeah, I mean, unless you want to count, count that Johnson and uh, Johnsonville uh, Cornell tournament that I saw a couple <laughs> yes. weeks ago, where, where the stakes were never higher. My it point exactly, like. I've yeah, become so a huge soccer fan. So that's where today. We're at now. Yeah, it, it's a good call, man. This is this is probably the first thing. Yeah.
1: So anyway, zero zero at last check. Something uh, to keep an uh, eye on. Uh oh, bad news. Fulham just went down one to nothing. See, we we talk about it, you jinx it, and now we're here. Uh, We'll see what happens. There's yep. a lot of game to be played. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, we'll keep you updated on that. I just think it's kind of fun that there's something on the line uh, either way. So that's kind of cool. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you updated. We're not going to talk a lot about <laughs> Fulham and soccer. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. The cons always have something going. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Sean's busy enough with everything at Flex and Gate. Mm-hmm. But Tony, with all the AEW stuff... Helping with Fulham. And by a lot of people in the building here in Jacksonville also help with kind of the organizational and stuff and how they run Fulham. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done it now from a distance. But they used to, a lot of people, I should say a lot, but a few people go to London like Every month or every six weeks, sure. And so they're heavily involved with it. So a lot of the Jags organization, uh, close ties to Fulham as well. Have you
2: ever been to one of those games over oh, there? Oh yeah, yeah, pretty, it's fun.
1: It seems like a really cool environment, it's great. With like the the cottage, right? It's over there. They uh, call it, yeah, Craven yeah. Cottage. Yeah, and Looks cool. By the way, they're putting a lot of work into Craven Cottage as well. Cool. And, and I think it's already underway. It t- took a. It's in like a very historic place, right along the Thames River, mm-hmm. and it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It reminds you like down that area it reminds you of going like I'll put a mix of going to like a place like Harvard, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. where it's kind of you get that old school feel in Fenway Park. Like Craven Cottage to me is Fenway Park. Cool. It, you know, some would say Wrigley Field, but for yeah. me would, I'd say Fenway Park. It's a really cool place. Like I thought it was awesome the first time we went. A lot of history there. That's awesome. And and so and and the plus I, I again, I'm not a soccer guy. But soccer over there is obviously king, mm-hmm. and Fulham's not even close to the biggest thing over there. Mm-hmm. But to see the crowd and how they're into it and, and experience a game, we've actually done it a couple times now. It's uh, it's really cool. So nice. I, I like it a lot. I, cool. I thought So I've always kind of got one ear over there, kind of looking uh, and listening to see what's going on, but sure. I'm not super invested. I'd be lying if I, I said that. So many people, actually, I think are like your age group, mm-hmm. you know, uh, say the uh millennial age group. There we go. It's big into soccer. Yeah. I mean it's big but they a lot of them, you know well, it's Chelsea or you know, man, U, so you. Or it's not about, really Fulham, but
2: no. But are you talking about my age group in the states or my age group here. over there. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's weird, right? Because like I feel like MLS isn't really that big. Like I think like Orlando. I mean, they have a pretty good following in the city of Orlando, but I think from a, from a country wide standpoint, you don't see a lot of people my age MLS fans. But it seems like you know the the like the Premier League. It's kind of like the in
1: kind of thing. Like, it's everyone's like you got can't their team. you can't fool your your the millennials. OK. Right. Yeah. And MLS, with all due respect, mm-hmm. I, I think it's been it's good. It's it's good for growth. It's I'm not knocking it. Yeah. I'm just saying for the millennial group, it's like you can't trick me. That's not the best soccer. Well, it's not the best soccer. Problem. It's probably not like the coolest soccer either. That's right. Exactly. There's no history behind it. So I think that's what's interesting. Like my age group. No, people don't watch it, yeah. like it, mm-hmm. uh, follow. It. Mm-hmm. But 10 years younger and definitely 15 years younger, like people I watch on social media, man, a lot of the Jags fan base is locked into somebody playing in the English Premier League on a yeah. Saturday morning, and I've I've said this before. Ty's watch, like he's not locked in, but he'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Like if it's on, he's watched it before. It's not appointment viewing, if I'm being honest, but he'll watch it. So yeah, check it out. I, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, for me it's totally like a one-off thing. Yeah, uh, here or there, and and so we will spend a little time on it or pay attention. Shout to
2: out it. to Liverpool.
1: It's my team. That's your team. Yeah. See, and everybody seems like they've got a different team. Yep. Uh, like so that over there, I guess it would be like the NFL, but I would even put it more like Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. where like Liverpool and Manu are the Yankees and Red Sox, correct, and Chelsea correct. might be the Cubs yeah. or whoever. Mm-hmm. Fulham, not no, they're really. They're... Fulham is more. The Colorado Rockies sure. of over there—that's no, not a good comparison because Colorado's so new, mm-hmm. and Fulham's been around a long time. Yeah, but if we're being honest, it's not the Yankees, the Cubs, the Dodgers. Correct. Uh, kind of follow. It might be more like the Baltimore Orioles. Now we're talking. Like a, a good. A tradition, yeah, but not the most popular. I'll team be honest
2: now. though; you can probably meet a lot of foam fans. I haven't met a lot of Baltimore Orioles fans in my life. <laughs> Have you? I
1: mean, think about it. I've never met actually a, down here, man. I, really? I say this a lot. See, everybody says Pittsburgh fans down here. Okay, I've noticed that either because of Steelers. Well, I mean, I know, see Steelers. Steelers fans I see Steelers. Fans, <laughs> football so. season, yes. Baseball,
2: yeah. not so much. Yeah.
1: I I run into more people around here that like the Baltimore has a Baltimore connection. Okay. Now, not everybody likes the Ravens, because if you have a Baltimore connection, well, you don't really like the Ravens. Right? Yeah. You're Baltimore Colts back in the day, yep. and the Ravens are too new if you've been here for two decades or, or so. But a lot of Orioles fans. Ooh. I find a lot of Orioles fans here. Dang. Now, they won't come, out, they'll, well, won't come out of the woodwork. What they is they're going to celebrate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're seriously, like, like, jumbo shrimp are better than them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it is wild to me. Now, that's just my personal experience. I sure. find... I feel like I run into more Orioles and Baltimore people than I actually do, like, New York wow. folks. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And my, my yeah. travels through Jacksonville. I got you. Uh, in the last uh, decade or so. Hey, Mookie Betts, uh, $380 million. Uh, why can't the Red Sox afford that? <laughs> What's the problem here? Why can't Boston keep Mookie Betts for 13 years? Yeah. No, we got to keep Chris Sale and his injured wing. <laughs> Get rid of David Price and all the rest. Mm. I, I you know I understand they they were in talks for a long time they like Mookie wanted to go way high on the salary uh, which he just earned by the way the second biggest one I I guess there's a tipping point and I probably said on this show when all that happened and they traded Mookie away that it was like hey you know I mean sometimes that's business you know mm-hmm. or you, maybe you made your own bed and you you signed sale and you signed others and you can't do it all but now that it's a done deal it still bugs me that Mookie bets is a Dodger for the next 13 years. Yeah. He's a fantastic player, and if you're going to build an organization, you're not building it around uh, Chris Sale in Boston. You're not building it around, with all due respect, even J.D. Martinez, yeah. and you're not building it around Xander Bogarts. You're building it around, or, or even Rafael Devers. You build it around Mookie Betts. He's one of the most exciting players in the game. It's a shame, uh, as a, from a Red Sox standpoint, at the Dodgers. Yeah, like the Yankees never have problems keeping guys if they want to. No. The Dodgers don't seem to either. They've got every I mean, their lineup is unbelievable, the mm-hmm. Dodgers. They are loaded. And they're always loaded. And, it and seems the Red Sox like. basically said, Hey, yeah, you know what, we're gonna be more like uh the Tampa Bay Rays than the Yankees and Dodgers right now. We're gonna peel back on our spending. Sure bothers me a little
2: you no know, i mean as it should you know I, I, the dodgers have been that team it seems like the past decade who just keep reloading and reloading still looking for that you know that, that first world series in the past how, how many every years that might be the piece right that puts them over the top now i don't hope so obviously because i'm not the biggest dodgers fan but it's going to be great for the dodgers for the next what 12 13 years to come here's the problem though brent I've become so desensitized now, thanks to the NFL, and shame on Patrick Mahomes, shame on the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> because I see Mookie Betts, $380 million. Anyone sees that and is like, dude, $380 million, excuse me? But after that Patrick Mahomes deal, I'm just like, eh, not bad. Wow. Pocket change compared to Patrick. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just like, Psh could change, man. 380. Yeah. Was that a clearance yeah. sale? Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's a fire sale, man. 380 compared to that 500 million. So I'm just I'm a little desensitized right now, and it kind of puts things in perspective because forever baseball has been the king of those big contracts, right? Yeah, that's right. what we always talk about. But now, man, the NFL says, check this out. And we'll see what the Sean Watson too in a couple years. Brent, maybe he's going to break the bank
1: as well. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, yeah. we do come. We, we we those numbers just are like whatever. They're numbers. You mm-hmm. got to sit there and digest them at some point. Yeah. Here's what I said before I left the house. Ty, uh, Mookie just signed a 380 plus million dollar <laughs> deal. Yeah. I hope you're going to take swings this afternoon.
2: <laughs> at least get a scholarship first, yeah. and let's see what the, the yeah. long term contracts, right, Brent.
1: Sh- Through the scholarship, just go right to the $380 million deal. No pressure, just plans. No pressure, just plans. No pressure at all. Uh, Hey, kid, I don't don't care about education. Go get the $380 million. (laughs) You can can go back to school anytime.
2: That's a good point. But uh, no, listen, bro. You You can
0: buy a university for that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Are you a little surprised? though? I mean, in, in all things considered, and being real right now, Are you a little surprised that the Red Sox didn't keep him, right? Because it's a guy that they brought up, obviously, through their system and everything. He was going to be a cornerstone of that team for a long time to come. And I get that he wanted a lot of money. But are you surprised, you know, in a team like the Red Sox, so storied and probably can afford it? Are you kind of shocked they didn't keep Mookie back?
1: Yeah, I think I would have tried to unload uh two or three other players to keep Mookie Betts yeah. in the long vision of it all. That's mm-hmm. what I would have tried to do. And so but I think it was deeper than that. I think it was deeper than money. I think it, it got to a point where they didn't see eye to eye. And maybe Mookie was trying to force his way out. Maybe he didn't like everything about Boston. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, it, it depends what you read. And now that story when they left Boston in terms of being traded, it seems like a long time ago. So I don't remember everything. But I know that he wanted to become one of the highest paid guys and the Red Sox were probably unwilling to get there. They had some discussions about contract, but they never got to the point where they thought it was going to get done. So they traded away so he could get, they could get some value for him. Mm -hmm. And eventually that's what you have to do. If you don't think you're going to get it done, yawn. Yeah. Yeah. If you really don't think so, eventually most teams will trade away and get. Some value in return. The Red Sox did that. But, yeah, it's highly disappointing. And I would have given up a couple of guys and sacrificed a couple of years mm-hmm. if I were the Red Sox to say, hey, this guy's going to be part of us for the next decade.
2: G- good for him, though, man. Fifth round pick back in 2011, come out of Tennessee. Fantastic athlete, by the way. You know he's a really good bowler?
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, that's like like a known fact? Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. He's a super athlete. Okay. Uh, great well, story. And well, I think...
2: Okay, well, let's... Pull back a little on bit. i the bowler Well, yeah. Nobody's I mean, other things too. Okay, super good. athlete. I, okay. I mean, just growing hey, up, but, don't but say also he's a bowler. A good I know. bowler and, oh, <laughs> he's a super. You should see him play some ping pong. I see. You. Super <laughs> uber athlete. Ping <laughs> see, pong way, out of this world. That's a good point. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <Yeah. bad. laughs> are, are Probably are you you shouldn't be going together. Over there? You, should, you should see him on the golf course. Uh, Austin, are you, are you flexing a little I'm not bit over there? I'm just saying, dude. In terms of bowling, I don't consider bowling the most athletic sport out there.
1: Austin Lane said it. Bowling is not a sport. It's essentially what he just said. Ah,
2: uh, I mean, it's on ESPN. I'm gonna give it to him, okay? I think there's other sports on ESPN that maybe... So is poker. That's a good point. Well, that's a good point. Okay, here's the thing. Do we call it competitive bowling or is it bowling? It's just bowling, right? We don't call it competitive bowling, so it's a sport. As opposed to like competitive gaming or competitive eating, if you put the word competitive in front of the quote-unquote sport, it's not a real sport. So bowling is a sport, but athleticism, yeah. I don't know. That's nah, fair. Yeah. Okay. There's, there are opportunities to hurt yourself in the motions for it, so yeah. I think that would qualify. Carpool tunnel is real. You, you have to remember, I come from I come from Wisconsin. Okay. I mean, All right. I, I was basically born in a bowling alley. Okay. So like, I, I've been there a couple of times, Scott. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about, and I also know what I'm talking about. If you can drink five just, pints um, of beer and still play the sport. I don't know how athletic you got to be. I'm, I'm just saying I can see a, a call for athleticism with bowling. Uh, you want to talk NASCAR and athleticism? Oh, oh wow, we're getting we're getting a sketchy oh. area there. Oh wow, careful, I do think Scott. Be
1: more of an athlete to be a NASCAR driver. You better believe uh, it, man. That, listen, I, I probably shouldn't have put the two heat tolerance and turn left. How complicated <laughs> oh, is oh, it? wow, what about I when mean, you have to pee? I mean, if holding a, holding your pee for a long time is is. Part of athleticism, then those guys might take Listen, the cake. I've, I've, well, then that makes every truck driver on the road also <laughs> an athlete,
2: or Uber driver as well. So you, know, you want to call talk about an Uber athlete, dude? Literally, no pun intended. <laughs> I mean, a, a guy who's driven Uber, I'm talking five hours in a row, Brent. I'm talking Jack's Beach of St. Augustine and back again. No problem. If we take heat we're tolerance athletes, and
1: T-tolerance tr- as part of athleticism, truck drivers, just <laughs> truck driving just became a sport. a they're Ironmen and women. <laughs> Very good. Hey, when we come back, we talk a little football. Uh, plus, Zubin Mahente, new, one of the new voices. Yeah. And the morning lineup for ESPN will join us in just a few minutes. Brad Wilkerson scheduled to join us as well. What about the Jaguars' defense? No preseason games. 80-man rosters. Oh, boy, for undrafted free agents. One of my favorite parts of camp. Is anybody going to make the team as an undrafted free agent? <laughs> Some of your favorites over the years. And what position group could really suffer for no preseason games for the Jacksonville jaguars you can pick one on offense pick one on defense uh that we will talk about a little bit later on in the show so just some of the topics here on a wednesday glad you're along with us action sports shacks on espn 690 904 362 9901 star star 690 the way to get in
2: medalists You're watching Action Sports jacks
1: Hey, welcome back. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. Zubin Mahente from ESPN. It will be part of the lineup in the morning with Keyshawn Jay and Zubin mm-hmm. on ESPN 690, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, starting August 17th is the day uh, that we'll get going. In the meantime, Jason Fitz uh, will do a lot of the morning shows when they start to make the big changes uh, with the ESPN radio lineup here at the end of the month. Here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690, nothing changing for now. Three to six, right here with you every day, Monday through Friday. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos is on vacation. Scott is in, and uh, Zubin's about to join us here in just a little bit, and so a quick conversation and then we'll get back to it how much are undrafted free agents going to suffer mm-hmm. here in 2020 it, it there the cool story is a camp 90 man rosters only 80 will be invited no preseason games how will an undrafted free agent even make the team we discussed this a little bit but i mean you go into a you go into an interview or you go into An athletic arena, whether it's high school, college, you try out, you're like, hey, I think I got a chance. It's really hard for, if I'm an undrafted guy, to sit here and say, I think I have a good chance, or I've got a chance if I do my job. You could do your job to the best of your ability, and it really might not be enough for so many. Now, that's the case in the NFL sometimes, anyway. It's a hard cut line. Sometimes good players get cut. They don't make it. Maybe they bounce around, end up somewhere else. But in this situation, I would hate to be an undrafted free agent.
2: Man, I'll be honest. My my heart goes out to him this year, you know, and and I have a little invested into it because a kid from my small hometown of Iowa, Scandinavia, um, is an undrafted free agent right now on the Baltimore Ravens, playing linebacker, played college at Iowa, and obviously I'm rooting uh, very dearly for him. He was actually my water boy when I was in high school, so it's, it's crazy how that works out, man. But I think of guys like him. I mean, just your prototypical Iowa player, you know, your your blue collar, um, you know, bust your butt kind of player and very smart, very knowledgeable. But it can only get you so far. And those preseason games are what are designed to showcase your skills. Now, keep in mind about preseason games, Brent, whether you play in one, two, three or four preseason games, that's your film. That's the eye in the sky where if you get cut, another team is going to check you out and be like, all right, hey, remember that kid that we're looking at out of college and he went to someplace else? Well, here's some of his preseason film. Let's see what he's got here. And sometimes guys get signed on different teams just from the preseason film. That's not going to happen this year. And I have a hard time believing that training camp film is going to be up for grabs. So in terms of teams doing their due diligence of maybe signing a guy who gets cut from a different team, that's gone now. Okay, so that's uh obviously counts against undrafted free agents. Another thing, like you said, only eighty players now. Now I'm not sure if there's gonna be a correlation between how many practice squad guys you're bringing to the team as well because I don't think they've released that number yet. But no, one would think that the practice, 10, but I think it's gonna it's go probably up. gonna go up a little bit, right? So at least they have that to fall back on. But listen, and I've been pretty adamant about how I feel about the NFL policies and the NFL rules regarding COVID nineteen, all the protocols. This is another one to me that I just can't co-sign on. You you mean to tell me that l- limiting a locker room to 10 guys per team is going to make the world a difference? That's going to be the game changer from going from 90 to 80? I just don't agree with that. And keep in mind, when you go from uh 90 to now 80 well now that means more starters more quality players are getting more reps in practice you you don't have that third string guy at some positions to go over there and take a spot when guys get tired so to me you're asking for the risk of more injuries you're asking for the risk of more fatigue just because now you're taking it from 90 to 80.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that's fair. I, I I get the 80. I get the less. You don't need as many if you're not playing games. Well, to, hey, yeah. Are there too many bodies to manage? Obviously, there's a cost involved. But, Brent, let, let's be honest, though. Does 10 players make that much of a difference? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, but I think you could also make the case 90 You already have too many, even with games. I mean, how many guys don't see action in those first couple of games? What, my curiosity here is, do you think, could you... Take the back, take the last 40 guys on the roster. Mm -hmm. Could you play a quarter or two of real football inside the stadium on September 1st before cuts are made and kind of organize your own preseason game? Would you be willing to do that potentially if you think everything has worked out and the ramp up has been good? To, to determine, to at least put these guys in a game situation, game setting, to try to figure out, do you think some teams will do that? Would you be willing to entertain that as a GM, as yeah. a coach, as a front office, as an organization to try to find? Listen, you hate to have guys in your own backyard that you're really not able to evaluate enough. You let them walk. They go somewhere else. And th- two years down the road, they're a pro bowl. Oh, it happens all the
2: time, right? It happens more than you would think. Here's what I feel about that, though. And listen, and I've been in a couple training camps, Brent, right? And I've been kind of that odd man out just trying to make the roster. And I see when it's preseason game number four, I see how coaches, GMs feel about that game, right? Where there's two groups of people in that preseason game number four preparation. There's the group of guys yeah. that are on the bubble who have to focus on preseason game number four. And the starters and the backup guys who are already on to week one of the regular season, okay? So I think from your perspective to ask, listen, do they set aside some time to kind of have a live scrimmage, to kind of evaluate some of these undrafted free agents and some of the bottom-tier guys and see what you got? In a perfect world, yes. But at the end of the day, the way the NFL works is they don't have time for that. Because right now, I guarantee every single team is on to week one. Yes, Doug Marone's obviously got to focus on what he has as a team, bringing his young guys along, everything like that. But right now, the main focus is week one, Indianapolis Colts coming to Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, the undrafted free agent story is always a great one. And it's uh, it's fun to... You know, watch those guys. It's fun to see if they make it. It's kind of fun to follow their careers even if they don't make it in this city. We've had some fantastic ones, by the way. Alan Hearns, Montel Owens, who was a pro bowler. I mean, there have been tremendous. Uh, Who sticks out to you in terms of who you played with undrafted free agent-wise?
2: Hands down, Montel Owens. Okay. Because this was a guy who, obviously, the cards were stacked against him. And especially trying to establish yourself as a special teams guy. Guess what? Every single team in the NFL, they only probably have two like legit special teams guys per team, right? Well, Montel Owens was one of that guy. Was one of those guys. And keep in mind, Brent. Anytime you're an undrafted free agent, you come in, you earn your stripes, become a captain. Well, you're going to be a pillar in that locker room for a long time. And obviously Montel Owens was that. And this is the problem right now with the landscape with COVID-19 and everything is some of these undrafted guys that are going to be special team aces will never get a chance to be that. And in doing so, you're going to lose some of those pillars, some of your captains that could be beneficial to your team.
1: That's one of the things about no preseason and uh, undrafted free agency is going to be a tough deal in 2020 for so many young players. Uh, that are getting an opportunity, but maybe not getting the full opportunity. Brent Martineau, former Jags player and current MMA fighter, Austin Lane here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And uh, we are happy to be joined right now by one of the new voices coming up in August here on ESPN 690 that you will hear in the morning from 6 a.m. until 10 a.m., Keyshawn, Jay, and Zubin. Not all three joining us right now, but Zubin is joining us. Zubin Mahenty from ESPN starting up in August here in the mornings, uh, Across the country, of course, but here in the Jacksonville area on ESPN 690. How are you doing, Zippin? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Hey, good to uh, have you on. And I want to ask you this. You guys at ESPN often do like the car wash, like with SEC coaches and stuff. You're kind of doing the car wash. Did you ever think you'd be in the car (laughs) wash? And what's the car wash like?
0: Yes, uh, I'm looking for the hot wax finish, uh, <laughs> very good. we've got, uh, I'm gonna say this is. Uh, I'm gonna say, you guys are 11, 12, 13, this is the 14th of 16 today, um, happy to be on with you guys, I mean, you guys are in an NFL market, and that's what we're going to talk about, not almost exclusively, but, you know, if we do have football, I mean, on September 13th, when we're ready for our Monday night doubleheader, hope we're talking about Brady and Breeze on that morning, if we have football, maybe we will, maybe we won't, but... We're in a situation where we know that's the national obsession. I know the MLB, the NBA, and the NHL are all going to be back starting tomorrow in an eight-day span, we hope. UFC's back, golf, racing, all that stuff. But we really need football back uh, for this. But at the same token, I mean, look, I'm new to this. I've been TV guy for 20 years, working on Sports Center and all that for nine years. But even when there's no sports, I'm sure you guys have been on every single day on 690 talking about it. So we're going to have to have a plan A in which we have sports or – Frankly, if we don't have sports, the conversation might be more serious and robust. We'd obviously prefer to talk about sports. That's our lane. That's where we're supposed to be. But Nothing's
2: normal these days, as you know. <laughs> Zubin, you know, speaking of, obviously you want the NFL to start back up because you have a great guy in Keyshawn Johnson, played many years in the league, very versed with the game of football. You have Jay Williams, obviously really big with college basketball and the NBA. So then so then it comes you now, and it's like, do you kind of consider yourself kind of like the guy that fills in the cracks? I mean, whether it's going to be the baseball talk, whether it's going to be the UFC talk, are you kind of the guy to keep everything together?
0: Yeah, I always kind of say when there's a coronavirus vaccine and Novak Djokovic, the world's most famous tennis is he is one of the most staunch anti-vaccination people in the world. I don't know if they're going to want to talk about it because we're going to talk about tennis too much on the show, (laughs) but if if there is a vaccine and, you know, one of the world's greatest sportsmen that's living right now is not going to take it, we're going to have to talk about it. At least I will. (laughs) They may not want to talk about it, but I will. I think the biggest thing for me, though, is I don't want to pigeonhole the guys, right? I mean... Jay, look, if Giannis and LeBron are playing in the NBA Finals, I'll probably start the conversation with Jay. But I don't think Jay wants to be known as just a ball player. And I think he wants to talk about more than the NFL. The example I always give is if we go to November and Tiger's on the back night on Sunday looking for the greatest Masters 1-2 ever considering what happened in 2019, he's obviously not playing particularly well right now. He's not playing very much at all right now. As you saw after the Memorial, he took a little bit of a break. It doesn't matter whether you've ever swung a golf club in your life. If Tiger Woods wins the Masters on November 15th, then I think everybody in America is going to have an opinion on that, whether it's a guy that was the first overall pick in the NBA or first overall pick in the NFL draft or a number two pick in the NBA draft, which is what I've got. Williams also won the John R. Wooden Award. is one of the most prestigious amateur awards you can win. So my thing is, guys, you guys have been in amazing spots, and I'm sure you guys deal with this all the time. When you have somebody that's been in an octagon on a court, on a field, on a racetrack, you want the fans, you know what they're thinking. What's it like to just be there for one night? And I think that's sometimes what we lose in sports. We're talking too much about, you know, pancake blocks and shed tackles and pick and rolls and switches. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's all there and it's all important. But I think part of the reason so many of us were attached to sports is because we saw somebody doing something or achieving something that we could only dream about. And now I'm, for, certainly for me, and, I'm only, and now I'm sitting next to two guys that have actually done it. I think there's an underrated aspect of just getting them to help us understand what real pressure is like. What's it like standing on the free throw line? Duke's playing Carolina, heart beating out of your chest, Coach K screaming, going nuts. And we just talk about whatever play they drew up and whether it worked or not. And sometimes we lose the fabric of what's happening.
1: Zubin Mahenti with us here on ESPN 690. You will listen to him and Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams starting in the middle of August on ESPN 690, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Uh, what a switch for you from TV land to radio land. I know you'll still be doing some TV, uh, but what will that be like? Uh, there's some butterflies about that. Uh, how much radio have you done in the past, and how different will this be?
0: totally different because i'm a TV guy through and through like they actually called me and offered me the opportunity i did i knew this was going to be a different sort of radio show because i knew there were some changes coming that had been widely reported in the media but it really wasn't any of my business because i was doing sports center and i was thrilled to be doing sports center i love doing it um and i actually think with all these sports coming back starting with baseball sports center is going to take on a whole new uh evolution and i hope i'll be part of it for a while but for me they called they asked if i was interested and um You know, I'll give you like a little inside baseball term, but you know, my job on SportsCenter is to hit it 260 down the middle. If we're playing golf, right? I'm not really here to give you my opinion on anything. I'm just here to get you from point A to point B. Make sure you know something that's really important. This happened during the game that's never happened in this many seasons. Just trying to give you some context. I'm not there. You know, Scott Van Pelt earned the equity to be able to be able to talk and give his opinion. I'm not, you know, but this is different. This isn't going to be hitting a 260 down the middle. Now you're going to have to have opinions. I worked in local news for years and years and years where you're doing three and a half minutes a night. This is going to be four hours per day. So it'll be a little different. And I always like to say it's one of those things where, you know, suddenly you get home at, uh, you know, three o'clock in the morning or three thirty in the morning. And now that's sort of the time you'll, you'll get up to go. But let's be honest. I mean, we're living in a different time. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're still talking about sports. I would would gather, I don't think I'm going out on a limb by saying this is one of the more unique combinations in terms of (laughs) composition you might see, especially in sports talk radio, which is a little bit different. But I don't think we're going to, like I said, upset the apple cart. I think we're just going to bring a different perspective and still talk about what people want, which is sports.
1: Yeah, I think people will look forward to that. Uh, Zubin Mahinti with us here on ESPN 690. I'm a TV guy myself, still am a TV guy, so you'll do great. You'll have a lot of fun with it, no doubt about it. We look forward to it happening uh, around August 17th uh, with Jay Williams and Keyshawn Johnson. Hey, by the way, man, a lot of love for you because you're a Rutgers University guy, finally. Some some people doing good things and they don't have Syracuse next to them. I mean, uh, we, we got to hang together. I mean, everybody else in this business is Syracuse, aren't they? I mean, I love them, but yeah. come on.
0: Yeah, if you take Syracuse, Missouri, and Northwestern now, we could all get together and work in a phone booth, right? I mean, there's, there's people that are left, it's unreal. I will tell you this, though. Uh, being a Rutgers guy, I know you're a big football guy down there. In the state of Florida A couple years ago We celebrated the 150th anniversary Of college football So Rutgers is actually in the spotlight Even though they've been Pretty horrendous For the most part of their history But they did win The first game ever played Against Princeton 6-4 And there's like a lot of Rutgers people like to joke That second win is coming soon We're just not (laughs) quite sure when. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well done Z- Zubin, one of the, the fascinating things about you and listen, I mean, I spent some time in the NFL and my PR person always encouraged me you gotta have Instagram, you gotta have Twitter you gotta have Facebook increase that brand, increase that brand and now that I do MMA fighting as well it's the same thing, you gotta have Instagram you gotta have Twitter you gotta. Have, so I have Twitter, I'm on Facebook a little bit don't have Instagram not cool enough for that not cool enough for that, I guess but dude, in your standpoint You don't have any of that, you know, and obviously right now you're probably at the upper echelon of your career doing things that you want to do. How has it been, you know, coming up in the game, I guess you would say, without social media? And do you feel pressure in especially 2020 to get social media?
0: I don't. I'm definitely not like a Belichick or a McDaniels. I'm not going to hit you with a, a snap face or whatever. You know, <laughs> like, you hear that all the time. Facebook and all that stuff. But I would tell you that to be my rubber chicken circuit answer to that, because a lot of people ask me that question, I'll be honest with you, completely, completely seriously, it's actually been one of the best decisions of my life. I just, it's one of those things where as long as the viewers, or in this case the listeners, are pleased, my bosses are pleased, It's been it's been great. I mean, to hear all the negativity, I know it's out there, but I always like to say, even though we live in the most divided times we've ever lived, we're all in our silos, whether they're red or blue, Republican, Democrat. The one thing even this bitterly divided country can agree on is the last thing we need is another opinion. So I'm doing everybody a favor (laughs) by staying (laughs) off of social media and not giving anybody that opinion. Somebody else also told me 2020 might be the worst time in recorded history to join social media. Sure. (laughs) So I'm going to do a... And maybe November 4th or something like that would be a better time. But right now, it just doesn't seem like a great day. Maybe the morning of the
2: 4th. You hear that, Brent? I'm not getting Instagram, man. That's a good idea. Just deal with it, man. That's fine. You know, if he doesn't have anything, I don't need Instagram.
1: We were going to ask you to retweet us, but I guess you can't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, Zuzu, but obviously, I've been following your career for a while. Um, I like what you do with the UFC and things like that, especially at night. Um, That's where it's your chance to shine. But really... The 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 thing that really stood out to me about you and really really like we really shined in my opinion came under the worst circumstances probably possible and then that was the passing of Kobe Bryant I remember when I was in Miami in the hotel room turning on SportsCenter obviously to see the breaking news and there you were you you were covering it you were giving us the details I guess and keep in mind I'm very new to the whole sports media game but in your opinion there's how crazy was that day how crazy was that night and what was like the behind the scenes kind of like a little bit
0: yeah, I'll tell you quickly uh, before I answer that. You, since you're involved with UFC, i got to tell you, we were talking the other day after Fight Island ended. Our UFC people, they have adjusted faster to TV than any other sport we have. You could take any analyst we have. I mean, we've got guys like Bisping that are still yeah. fighting, Dominic Cruz that are still fighting, and th- they should be doing this when their career is over, and they're amazing. Our UFC guys are, the, at Helwani, absolutely the best. I would tell you, it's interesting you said you were in Miami because obviously I would imagine you were down there covering – the Super Bowl. Yes, correct. And what made it interesting was the day it happened was the Sunday, as you know, between the AFC and a- NFC title games and the Super Bowl. So for the first time in, I don't know, 19, 18, 17, 18, 19 weeks, you're in a situation where people maybe aren't watching football in droves the way they normally do every Sunday. Maybe you go to church, you go to the restaurant, you go to the mall, you go out with your family, because for the first time in all these weeks, I don't need to be parked in front of my TV at one Eastern time watching CBS or Fox. And that's the day it happened. So I think there were so many people that were doing something else. They would normally have been glued at their TVs, but they're out and about. They're doing something else. It pops into their phone. When you you see it on the phone, you do the double take, right? You're like, Mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think you guys can probably appreciate this. And I know your partner said he's a TV guy. I bet you he would tell you that the most – impressive people that work at your TV station or folks that work behind the scenes, the people that make it work. Mm. And that's what we had in our Kobe coverage. Anytime we needed anything over the guy's career, we had it immediately. Because remember, while everybody recognizes Kobe's name, whether you're four or 84 watching us, you may not have experienced Kobe playing. He'd been retired five or six years. So if you're 10 years old, you don't really remember Kobe playing. So to make sure that for the casual viewer or the viewer like us three and your listeners that really knew who Kobe was, we had to make sure we did it right. And then the last thing I always said on the air that day, there's one player ever that inextricably is linked to Michael Jordan and LeBron James, in my opinion. And that, mm-hmm. that player, the only player, is Kobe Bryant. And I wanted to make sure that those three guys, legends in their own right, one taken way too soon – We're all in the same
1: company. That was a monumental moment. Uh, The coverage was fantastic, and uh, we're looking forward to more from Zubin Mahenti here on ESPN 690 and on ESPN Radio all across the country. Congratulations on the new gig, man. I know you've really been put through the ringer here the last couple of days. Uh, Thanks for all the energy. Thanks for all the insight, even though we're number 14. I mean, bring it for those final two as well. I bet you will.
0: Raleigh, Durham, San Antonio are next. Anytime you guys need me, give me a call.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Thanks, man. Zubin. We appreciate it. Uh, I love the fact that uh, a little Des Moines, Iowa, and then Denver coming up through the TV ranks, yeah. and then it lands on ESPN, and this really wasn't probably in the cards. It's the beauty of the business sometimes, right? It's like no idea we'd end up doing this. I couldn't have predicted this 20 years ago, five years ago, three years ago probably. Sure. Uh, and and on a bigger scale for a guy like Zubin, could he ever predict it? At some point, they'd be working with Keyshawn Johnson and Jay Williams on yeah. ESPN Radio in the morning. Yeah. Uh, it's a cool part of our business. You just don't – you know, you think so much – especially when you're younger in the business, you're like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm, I'm making this. I'm doing this. I'm, uh, are we getting anywhere here? Yeah. Uh, you know, in the ebbs and flows probably of every business, but mm-hmm. there are some – deep ebbs and flows of this business. And a lot of people believe everything's all glorious and, and fun and people doing your makeup and hair and all that stuff. It's course, not. Yeah. Uh, so I love well, a guy we, can, like, we can all agree that the hair ship has sailed. <laughs> we actually cut back on the hair, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I appreciate guys like Zubin, though, especially who have gone through all that. And most people have. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell, even by him mentioning the behind-the-scenes people, yeah. that's a guy that's worked in a smaller market he before, done up. all the stuff. And and I think he appreciated it a little bit. uh, And it makes you appreciate other people around you. So we're looking forward to it. I I think Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Zub. I know a lot of people are not the happiest about Mike Golick being gone and and Golick Jr. uh, and Trey Wingle being a part of it. But, you know, the business changes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Golick has been unbelievable for, for two decades. I think he's going to still be doing some college football stuff. Sure. I think Golick Jr. has a, a big career ahead of him. Uh, and he's still going to be on the afternoon lineup, although we may cover him up a little bit here in Jacksonville with our show. Yep. Uh, and obviously, Trey Wingo does a lot of NFL stuff. But, you know, once you get by that part of it, I'm excited about fresh voices. That's what we try well, to bring to this exactly. market. I'm kind of excited about a fresh sound. Yeah, uh, Not saying it needed it, but if they're doing it, I'm kind of excited about it. Well, now.
2: of course, you talk about Keyshawn Johnson and, and Jay Williams, you know, I mean, they're they're two different sports, obviously, but two different kind of styles, personalities, and we'll see how the, what the hell they do on the radio. Obviously, I've experienced before, and then you got Zubin kind of holding it all together. Like, to me, that's what makes it so great, right? It's not necessarily sometimes you don't want the perfect guys that are suited for the job that just sounded like. You want the differences, right? You, you kind of want the subtlety and some kind, sometimes in of like me and you where it's like night and day where it's like you got your thing going on, I got my thing going on, but we make it work. And to me, that's what makes great radio.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it'll be cool uh, to see. Check it out starting August 17th, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. right here on ESPN 690. Uh, Stu Gatz and Levitard uh, as well. Mike Greenberg coming back to the radio side of things. Uh, along the way, Max Kellerman part of the lineup, uh, Golik Jr. part of the lineup, Fitz is back on the night side once they get to the regular lineup. Uh, now, in between, we just got word, by the way, but from like August 3rd to the 17th, it's like a two-week stretch somewhere. I might have the dates mixed up, but two-week stretch. Uh, Jason Fitz will do a lot of the morning coverage, and obviously you know Jason well, a buddy of ours who's joined our show really for the better part of the last year. Uh, on Tuesdays, and, uh, he will be in the evening slot after our show, uh, coming up, uh, you know, in, in a few weeks. But in the meantime, he'll fill in on the morning side of things, uh, here on ESPN 690. So give it a try, give it a listen, and, uh, we'll see what happens. That would be a lot of fun to listen to Zubin, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, and Jay Williams. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll have Brad Wilkerson on from JU Baseball. Yeah, JU Baseball. But the resume, it's not just JU Baseball. It's unbelievable. Uh, we got that coming up in, in just a few minutes. Uh, before we get that far, uh, we'd take a break in a couple of minutes, I think, because we ran a little bit longer. Back to the undrafted free agent conversation. Uh, will any of them make it? I put these over unders on. Yeah. I've been told that the last 10 spots on the roster will be the most difficult. That's what the belief is in the NFL uh, in front offices. Undrafted free agents, with all the rookies the Jags have, they have 12. They could keep all of them uh, because, essentially, sometimes 6th and 7th round picks are undrafted free agents. Uh, they're in the same class, mm-hmm. uh, even though they did get picked. So, I mean, I know they're not specifically, but you get my point with that. Um, will anybody make it, do you think? Or will they be kind of put on the practice squad in a wait-and-see mode? That was my question. Make it as in the active roster, obviously, now. Okay.
2: Um, you know, I mean... <sighs> One guy, and I, maybe this is more of just wishful thinking and me trying to put it out in the universe. Connor, Connor Slomaka, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, fullback yeah. on Army. I don't Listen, know if that's how you pronounce okay. it. Well, sorry, man, you're, I, I say you're fullback, but it is what it is. But um, I hope he does right because we talked about when Leonard Fournette had that magnificent, you know, campaign in 2017. Who was at the helm of it? It was a fullback, okay. And when, when it seemed like when the Jaguars' offense was firing on all cylinders with the wide receiving core, who for the most part was kind of underrated, he had a fullback. Now, Gruden in the past, especially in Washington, I don't think he's used a fullback, I'm right? So that. that's not really his mo. But I'm just saying. I mean, there's a reason why that kid decided to come to Jacksonville. They had to tell him
1: something that he liked. Yeah. So maybe he's got a shot to make the team. The one thing I'm curious about the fullback stuff is if you are if you. If you're going to put the offense into Gruden and Minshew's hands, more so than Fournette's hands, then why does the fullback make sense? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, kind of like what well, you just said. Now, the keep, Jags have used it in the past. They've had success in the past. Some teams do use it and have success. San Francisco yeah. uh, did last year, I think, okay, right? Keep in mind, Kansas so, City
2: uses the fullback sometimes, too. So and Kansas City's like the high-powered offense. And they're high-powered
1: offense. Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't it eliminate work. it. It doesn't also – I'm not sure I'd pick them because of that. The, the Luke Barco kid, I think it's Luke, uh, Barco, the corner mm-hmm. –
2: Everybody was State,
1: yeah. fired up about that. Yeah. Now people, I've told you this before. People get more fired up about undrafted free agents sometimes than fourth round draft picks. They really do. The sure. fan base, it's yep. unbelievable. Yeah. But they really were. And, and the Jag I think the Jags did. The Jags give him like a record guaranteed deal or something. I'm pretty sure that they okay. gave him more money than anybody else at least this year. And I'm pretty sure it was like a record for an undrafted free agent in mm-hmm. terms of guaranteed dollars. So does that mean he's almost guaranteed a spot Yeah. (laughs) if you're going to put that investment in? yep. That will be the interesting one to me. So, listen, I'll be surprised if none make it. You never know what happened with injuries. You don't know where they're, from a depth standpoint, they're a little thin. And corner actually could be one of those spots. So I, I bet there's one, maybe even two. But, heck, even in a normal year, a lot of teams, you're lucky if one... Or to make it. So a lot of teams that have the depth, like the Kansas City's and maybe yeah. San Francisco's, they'll go through a couple of years where maybe an undrafted guy might not also, make Also,
2: one of the guys I'm going to be watching, just with keep in mind, Leonard Fournette. He's probably going to be gone next year. you got to restock out running back a little bit. You need, I don't say a bell call, but a guy that can pound the rock on first and second down. Tavian Feaster. Out of uh, Clemson, obviously a guy who kind of got overlooked a little bit because he had Travis Etienne over there. But uh, I'm keeping an eye on, on Feaster as well because I think it's a guy um, in the future plans the Jaguars could use because he's kind of he's he's that bigger build runs between the tackles very well. I think he has decent vision, so keep an eye on him as well.
1: All right, we got some breaking news by the way out of St. Johns County and I think Columbia County as well. Looks like August 17th will be the first day for fall sports. Now St. Johns County pushed school back a few weeks. That means they're pushing games back. August 17th will be the first day for fall sports practice. It was supposed to be Monday. Remember now, the FHSAA, who is going to have another board meeting tomorrow, uh, said it's up to the local officials. Well, St. John's County and Columbia County have said August 17th. That's big news coming out of uh, those two counties in the last couple of minutes. And that means, well, Friday nights are either going to get Slimmed down by a couple or pushed back by a couple of when games would take place. Have more on that coming up a little bit later on. Give you the latest details on that. But coming up next, new JU baseball assistant Brad Wilkerson, former big leaguer, on the show on ESPN 690.